You're listening to the Smarter Marks of Wrestling. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode two, which would be the Stomping Grounds Review show. Um, overall, solid show. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. It was pretty solid. Every match was worth my time. Exactly. You know, uh, I was looking over the time timing of each match because normally like you get one or two matches where one match feels a little bit longer than it should have been. Other matches feel really short and every match seemed to have gone just over 10 minutes. Um, so to me, I feel like this is like the first show where they kind of had a nice balance from start to finish of the length of each matches with, of course, the like three bigger matches getting more time than than most of the other matches. I don't know, man. I was looking forward to like 30 minute matches, man. You know, barn burners, you know, well, okay, so classic. So Kofi versus Dolphgate was 20 minutes long. Seth versus Baron was just over 18 minutes. Roman versus Drew was at 17 minutes. Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus Heavy Machinery was at 14 minutes. Um, the shortest match of the night was Bailey versus Alexa Bliss, which was 10 minutes and 35 seconds. Ooh, that's discrimination. <laughs> but overall, all the other matches were between 11 minutes and 20 se- 11 minutes and 12 minutes and 25 seconds. So. To me, it felt like every match got enough time to breathe and grow and tell what little tell a story, so to say. Um, no one match felt too long or felt like it was dragging too long, or and no one match felt like too short that you know they could have used a little bit more time. You know, even with the pay per view ending pretty early compared to most other shows. Um, but that's just my take on it, of course. Uh, what did you, how did you guys feel about that, like the pacing of the show and everything? Yeah, Avi, you got it. <clears throat> let, me, uh, let me clear my throat here. <clears throat> no, no, I, 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 I liked it. I mean, um, you know, on, on nights that I work uh, during a pay-per-view, I like to listen to the watch along or, you know, um, you know, uh, check social media like for for the updates. Uh, but from what I was hearing, though, like it, like there was never any spot where it seemed dead or it was boring or like somebody didn't have something to talk about. So uh, I, I look forward to actually uh, watching it tonight. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, like you said, everything got got um, enough time to tell a story like I, I didn't ask any questions at the end of. Of any match. I mean, obviously, I, I would ask, like, what's next after this? But I, I didn't ask anything like, well, why did they do this? Or why didn't they do that? Or this doesn't make any sense. And I don't know, guys. I think um, I, I think there's some WWE ears out there. And I think they're finally starting to listen to some of our complaints or suggestions. Yeah, I, I agree with you with that, Javi. Like, it, it just seemed like they... I think this is probably like the best paced pay-per-view they've had in a while where it just seemed to everything, all the matches kind of seemed to flow perfectly fine. There wasn't that, uh, as they like to put in the past, you know, the bathroom break match, you know, they really didn't have one of those matches tonight where you'd say, Oh, I don't care about this match. It's either going too long or it's going to be a squash match. Let me go use the restroom real fast and come back or whatever. You know, every match kind of felt like 
Okay, I like the flow of how things are going. You know, it's it's flowing flowing really nice and smooth. Uh, from the even from the pre-show, like the pre-show led off with the triple threat cruiserweight match with Drew Gulak versus Tony Nese versus Akira Tozawa. That, I mean, no, I find it hilarious how, how you pronounce his last name. Gulak. <laughs> yeah, Tozawa. Gulak. Same difference. Ketchup, ketchup. <laughs> yeah, man. His finisher but, is the Gulak. Oh, but. Overall, I mean, like, the show ran smoothly. I didn't feel at any point in time like, man, this, this is kind of dragging. It, it it just felt nice and smooth. Um, that being said, of course, there there were a lot of there were a lot of things to take in tonight with uh, some some matches that happened. A couple, maybe one or two upsets. Um, I think nothing too crazy though. Um, for the most part, most of the predictions were right as to who were going to win, who was going to win. Um, but overall, I think, I think the show went pretty well. We'll, we'll, we'll jump right into the first match that we'll go over, which is the pre-show match, which is the triple threat match for the cruiserweight title. And, um, I don't know, anytime the cruiserweights get put on the pre-show, I, to me, it's automatically going to be a good match because they actually get more time than what they, in my opinion, they get on the, the main pay-per-view shows. Well, I feel like it's that, uh, that tip on their shoulder, you know? Um, yeah. I... I don't know how they come to decide that the cruiserweights are going to be on the pre-show. I don't know if they ask fans or they poll people or they look at social media or whatever and make that and make that determination. Um, But I always feel like they're going to take it as a, like they're going to have the chip on their shoulder and they're going to go out there and and kill it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The cruiserweights pretty much tore the house down, storing out the show. Uh, It was always a sleeper match as they usually are and uh i had to leave the house to go get something to eat and i did not <laughs> want to leave the house and for the people that were in the stadium that used that match to go to the restroom or get snacks shame on you because you missed a good match that match oh, yeah. was and it had me glued to the tv i did not want to leave the house oh yeah hands down i mean that that match right hold on, there. Hold on. People are going to the restroom during the pre-show. Bro, yeah, be surprised. Dude, I've be seen surprised, people do man. that. Like, they'd be like, hey, let's just go to the restroom, get it out the way. People will go to the restroom during the pre-show. Yes. No man. That, see what you gotta. That's why you gotta be there early enough. Get in. Get your snacks and whatever. Use the restroom. The moment that first pre-show match starts, you need to be in your seat watching, especially if it's a cruiserweight title match. Because I can't think of yeah, one that's really let down recently. Dude, even at Mania when I was there, there was people still out in the stadium buying drinks and snacks during that pre-show, and they they tore the house down, and that's when uh, Buddy Murphy lost, and you know they missed a good one. So it happens. I mean, it, it's uh, that match tonight. Um, it had good. It had like so. Okay, so you had Tony Nese, who was I guess you could say like the powerhouse, get, gifted, athletic guy. Akira Tozawa was the kind of the high flyer, and then Gulak was like the technical submission. He's gonna wear you down, guy. It was like a good mesh of three different styles, and they worked wonderfully together. Um, there was one point where um, uh, Tony Nice had uh, went for a German suplex on Gulak while at the same time doing a bridging pin Wait, on he's uh, German. <laughs> yeah, so he went for the German suplex on uh, Drew Gulak while at the same time doing the bridging pin on Tozawa. I mean, that in itself to me was just like yeah, that. Yeah, that was a dope creative. 
uh, move to do. I mean, two yeah. basic moves, but put them together, it it was creative. Exactly. To get like a double pin was yeah. pretty was pretty awesome. I mean, stuff like that. The, the little things that they do in these cruiserweight matches was great. I mean, then there was a point where Tozawa broke up um, broke up the submission hold on Tony that Gulak had on Tony Nice with that with that splash from the top rope. I mean, that was another little segment that I thought was just, you know, nice to see. You know, I, um, as I was listening to, to the match, like that, that, that's one thing I do like is whenever I listen to it, Mm -hmm. I picture it in my head and it's kind of like whenever, like whenever somebody makes a movie based off of a book, it's cool to see the characters come to life on, on the big screen. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's it's cool to listen to it and then actually see it play out when I watch it. Um, yeah. And I just heard like uh, like pinfall after pinfall after pinfall being broken up. And I'm just thinking, man, they're making it sound like one dude just got disposed of. But then he comes back like three seconds later to break up a pinfall. And then he goes for a pin and then his pinfall gets gets messed up. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm excited just listening to this. <laughs> you know? Yeah, over. Overall, the match, um, I didn't. There wasn't really any slow points to the match, to be honest. I mean, it, it went a the little over. Rates, man. It went a little <laughs> over eleven minutes. Rates. And the, we talked about formulas in episode one uh, of our podcast. You know, the WWE follows a set formula. This match didn't really follow that formula that they tend to do in uh, triple threat matches, where it's one guy gets tossed out of the ring, and then it's just one v one, and it's you know it stays like that, and then another guy gets tossed out of the ring, and then it's another one v one. And then there's a spot where all three are down and there's like a long like that pause, you know, um, to me, this match flowed more of uh, it, it, you really had that sense of every guy had to have his like had to have eyes at the back of his head because it never felt like it was one V one at any point. It was always one V one V one, you know. Yeah, yeah, they was they was all on top of each other. It was. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect. You think a guy was out and somebody, like you said, somebody come break up the pin or somebody was coming with a, you know, combination move back door off somebody else's move. It was real cool. Yeah, it, it was a nice flow to the, to the match, especially for some that don't. And it, that's the thing. It was 11 minutes, but to me, it felt much longer. But that yeah. was great still. Like, so, like, for it to be just over 11 minutes, I'm like, man, they did a lot for just that 11 minute span. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I was going to tell you guys, uh, I've been working out lately, and I'm only <laughs> one, two, three, four. I'm only eight abs away from matching what Tony Nese has. <laughs> hey, better than zero. You good to go, man. <laughs> you got to start somewhere, man. Yeah. I'm just glad it ain't negative one. So that was the pre-show match. Then we go into the, the match that actually WWE announced ahead of time, stating that was going to kick off the show, which was Becky Lynch defending her Raw Women's title against Lacey Evans. And the only criticism I have in this match was there was one spot where uh, Becky went to, for that like corner springboard back kick that she does. And I don't know if it was she slipped or Lacey wasn't ready for it. But there was a little botch there where they kind of, you know, it was, you could tell it was like messed up. However, Corey Graves kind of saved it by saying, you know, Becky's experience there faking Lacey with the move that Lacey's probably used to and then coming back with it, you know. So it was it was nice to see Corey Graves kind of save the botch by playing it off as, oh, no, Becky's the more experienced one. And what she did, what she did there was she faked going for it because Lacey was expecting it and then she went for it. 
well, you know, Corey. He um he, he has he has his favorites, you know. It was Becky. She's neutral, so you know he'll throw like a neutral response in there. Had it been like Carmella or Mandy Rose, they were like, "That's exactly what she was supposed to do." Did you see that? <laughs> working hard. I cannot believe. And then had it been Sasha, oh, he would have buried her. She was like, "Look at her, look at her, botching everything." Like he would have said, "Botch on." He would have said, "Botch on," on the air. But. Overall, uh, I think Becky versus Lacey was actually a pretty solid match. Um, outside of that one one miss up, um, I did not, I was not expecting much from this match, but it actually delivered, in my opinion. Uh, How do you guys feel about it? And I ain't gonna lie, I missed majority of it, so I ain't really got much to say on it. Go ahead, Harvey. The male chauvinist man, just the, they 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 put the women to open the match, and you like, I'm not gonna watch. Man, it. I have to eat, man. <laughs> I told you to order Chinese. <laughs> Chinese don't deliver. I'm sorry. Uh, I, uh, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I missed them. Well, actually, look, I was listening to the WWE watch along, yeah. but nobody was talking about the match. I, they, they were talking about the sushi that they had in the, uh, in the watch along. They were talking about that the, the previous watch along didn't have any food. So they just kept talking about sushi. And so, Tid- so what you're saying is Titus actually showed up and catered? Ooh. No, Kathy Kelly ordered uh, fresh. <laughs> so, um, but no, I, I was gonna say that, uh, like, like, like I said last time, whenever there's a pay per view that we think isn't gonna do great or doesn't look, you know, sexy on paper, it turns out to be a good one. And I kept hearing people making jokes that, oh, it's not stomping grounds, it's a rematch of mania. You know, it's nothing but rematches. Mm. And I was like, you know. Re- rematch after rematch matches do tend to get better yeah. so i like i was looking on the bright side thinking like okay so they've been uh, facing each other more they've had more chemistry uh, more time to you know build up the chemistry and stuff and i'm i'm thinking you know what i think we're going to see some pretty good matches out of these people and like you said the becky lynch um uh, lacey evans match seemed pretty good to you so i'm kind of excited yeah. for uh, one thing, one thing I liked about the match was normally with WWE when, when they have heel versus face, you know they always do the okay the heel gets the majority of the advantage and then the last couple of minutes the the face will pull it back and pick up the victory. Um, this match was a little bit different in that Becky started off as the aggressor. She took she takes advantage of most of the match, well the first part of the match at least, and then Lacey starts coming back and Lacey shows her aggressive side, and then Becky it was like a back and forth. It was a real tug of war in a sense until Becky was able to finally lock in the uh, this armor. Um, you know they told the story of okay Lacey's working on the ribs of Becky. You know she's actually punt like every hit that she was hitting her was midsection. It wasn't like to the face or anything like that. It was aiming for those ribs. And they, the commentary crew did a pretty good job of describing the the whole oh you know with a, with messed up ribs you know you can't breathe you get tired faster you can't do certain things anymore. And it, it was nice to see them tell that story throughout the whole match. And there were a couple times Becky could like they were trying to say, oh, she couldn't really fully lock in the disarmor because, you know, her ribs were like they were being targeted and she was having problems. So it was nice seeing that that throughout the that match. That man. What was that? That vegan lifestyle, man. <laughs> yeah, it was just nice to have that little back and forth between the two of them um, instead of that generic. OK, heel takes advantage, then face comes back, wins the match match over. It was nice to have an t- actual tug of war between the two of them. Uh, moving forward, it was Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the New Day in, in a tag match. Another match that I 
I was expecting New Day just to kind of walk over and win this one pretty easily. Um, but we got a pretty entertaining match, even though, I think, Donald, I think you said it earlier, where Xavier Woods' resiliency went up to 100. Oh, he took every finisher that Kevin Owens and Sammy threw at him and kicked out. This man, resiliency is on 100 to Kevin up that live tonight. <laughs> I, I, think, I think he's auditioning for a... For another wrestling company out there. Like, look, what you guys can do, I can do too. Now, what I liked about this match is, you, like you said, okay, Xavier Woods kicked out of everything they tossed at him. And in your mind, I'm, I'm, at least in my mind, I was thinking like, all right, yeah, he's they're going to make Sami Zayn and Kevin Owen look strong. But, of course, the New Day are going to win this in the end, right? Because Woods is kicked out of everything. And then when, you saw the, when I saw the hot tag to Big, Big E, I was like, yeah, Big E's going to come in, they're going to hit the tag finisher, match is over, whatever. But that's not what happened. Uh, I think, to me, the, one of the shockers of the night was Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn actually beating the New Day in this tag match. Um, in, a, in a somewhat dominant showing, but at the same time, it still didn't make the New Day look weak because, like you said, Xavier Woods kicked out of a lot of stuff. Big E had his, has, had his typical spots. But is this a chance that we could probably see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn probably push for one of the tag title spots? Nope. I think they yes. could. I, After a performance like so. that against the New Day, why not? They went toe-to-toe uh, with them. I think they could. I mean, they, they definitely have the uh, the ability to. But seeing as how both tag team uh, titles are being held by heel uh, champions, I, I think right now they're just trying to build up I don't know. Has anybody ever called it a mid card tag team? Uh, See, and like the the yeah the the mid card for the tag team, like the, like the tag teams that are feuding with each other but aren't competing for the titles. Yeah, and that's the thing. That remember, uh, I think in, the, in our first episode we talked about you know when the Viking Raiders walked out, they had a little stare down with Daniel Bryan and Rowan, and we said, hey, maybe this is their chance to like you know start possibly rebuilding the tag division, and we said you know oh we could only hope so. Maybe this few this this is WWE saying okay we're gonna start looking at other possible tag teams other than the ones that we currently have build up the division some more and start having more feuds in the tag tag team division. Man, I, mean, I wouldn't mind seeing two heel tag teams go at it. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we we want them to get away from the old formula. When the last time we ever really saw that? Exactly. Like I. I wouldn't like honestly. I was kind of hoping that the Viking Raiders would have come down after uh, after one of these tag matches that we had tonight and and done something. You know, it would have been nice to see. They'd have been the perfect ones to do, or even AOP. Um, but I think I think we just have let's let's give WWE some time. I'm surprised they did so well tonight, <laughs> booking wise. Um, but it was it was a surprise to me to see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn actually pick up wins, especially seeing that they're in a sense, normally the ones to get the loss. I, I, I think what it is is um, nowadays it's it's so hard to have one person or one team beat another person or another team without people saying, oh, my God, they're getting buried or, oh, my God, they're over pushing these people. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's like what we were talking about with Alexa and The Miz and Elias. They mm-hmm. can take losses all day long and never be looked at any differently. And I, I kind of feel like the New Day are in that. Um, well, yeah. not not necessarily the whole New Day, but uh, Xavier and, uh, and and Biggie, you know, because yeah. Kofi's doing his uh, his world heavyweight uh, 
championship champion thing. Yeah. And uh, Big E and Xavier, they can take losses all day and never lose one one point of popularity. So I, I think that's what what they were looking at. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was overall it was another solid match for the night. Like we kicked off now. If we include the pre-show, three straight matches that I mean, in my opinion, were pretty solid. They weren't they weren't perfect. They weren't great, but. They were solid matches where you're like, okay, you know what? I was entertained for the time that this match went on. It was good. It was, it wasn't overbooked. It wasn't underbooked. It was like right there. It hit, it hit what it needed to hit. And then from there we moved on to I think probably the second shocker for me at least of the night was Ricochet versus Samoa Joe for the United States Championship. And I going into this match I thought Samoa Joe was going to walk out as the champion. But we got Ricochet walking out as the champion in in a match that it still to me it still made Samoa Joe look strong because of just his ruthlessness. But but you got the title off of him at the same time, maybe setting up for Samoa Joe to go after somebody else or do something else in the meantime, and put the title on Ricochet. Who I mean, a couple of weeks ago we thought Ricochet was pretty much. <laughs> He was just becoming a lose machine, a losing machine. <laughs> yeah, um, I, like you said, you were surprised. I was surprised too. I didn't have Ricochet winning. Um, Samoa Joe still looked strong. Ricochet worked him down, and he came up with the win. But I think after this, Samoa Joe got to go after the one, one of the world heavyweight titles. I mean, unless he goes back and feud with Finn, um, I don't see what uh, where else he can go after this. Yeah, I think. I think he needs to. I mean, he's on Raw now, so he'd have to go after Rollins. I mean, that that that's got to be his next path. What, what did you just say? <laughs> what did you just Raw? say? He's, he's on, on Raw. Raw. He's on he's Raw. On Raw so he has to go. He, he has, has to go after Seth Rollins, man. Really, Alexa Bliss is on Raw. Did she go after uh, Becky? I'm saying, that's why I said either I one. He got that's his next step from here. Well, actually, I wouldn't mind seeing Kofi and, Kofi and um, Samoa Joe feud for a bit. I mean, we've seen Samoa, Samoa Joe and Seth Rollins. That would be nice, but I, I, I wouldn't want them to do it in the same formulaic. Oh, hey, how you doing? I just lost the mid-card title, but now I want to compete for your title without yeah. you know qualifying for anything whatsoever. But I'm yeah. here, so give me your title. Yeah, you I know, yeah. I, I'd say have them do something, have them come to Raw. Have him demand a rematch. They said no, no rematches. He chokes out a couple uh, back- backstage producers, a couple referees, gets suspended for like three weeks, and then comes back. And then it's announced that uh, Kofi has a mystery opponent, and boom, it's Joe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought it was a good show. I mean, a good match between between Ricochet and Samoa Joe. Like you said, you know, he wore him down, got the win. Ricochet did his normal moves. There was. There was one point in the match where uh, Joe caught catches Ricochet's foot, like Ricochet's going for a kick to the midsection, and Joe catches it and flips him. And my first reaction, I'm like, oh, Ricochet's just going to do a backflip and land on his feet. That dude did two flips and landed straight on his back. Four, one and a half on his back. Like, <laughs> oh my, I was not expecting that. That's why I say that Joe Joe still had his dominance in that match, and that's that's good. He didn't yeah. really lose that in that match. Yeah, I mean, it was just. There were a couple spots in there that Joe and Ricochet pulled off that looked really nice. Um, and Ricochet still, you know, he's doing his high-flying stuff. Uh, remember we talked about the Ricochet hitting the Miz, and it looked like he hit him, like, square in the midsection and bounced off with, with almost his entire back? Yeah. 
it looked like he hit Joe the same way, except he didn't bounce as much. But it looked like he hit him with the same like middle of his back on his on his midsection. Uh, I guess Ricochet's kind of like Jeff Hardy now, and he was like, I I I don't really aim that swan time anymore. <laughs> Whatever happens. <I> <laughs> But, it's uh, possible. No, you know, seriously, I'm, I'm I'm not a big fan of short title reigns. Like I I absolutely hate it, man. Oh, U.S. champion for nine days. Uh, Johnny Gargano was what um, the North American champion for uh, like a week and a half. Uh, Rey Mysterio. I mean, I know I know he got hurt and all, but I I I just don't like short title reigns. They they irk me. And later on in the night, we saw a little interesting uh, segment with Ricochet again. Uh, this time with. Uh, Gallows and Anderson, and then of course AJ Styles telling him that he'll see him tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw. So, are we gonna get AJ Styles versus Ricochet? That's I mean, what it look like it's a possibility. Let, let, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take a throwback here to uh, the back in the days with with Impact and everything. Maybe they use Ricochet as the Christopher Daniels in this set, and they do Ricochet, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles. I mean, possible? No, no rematches. <laughs> rematches are antiquated. <laughs> Fresh start, man. You know what, bro? We never mourned the death of the WWE Fresh Start. You know? <laughs> so I, I say right now we give a 10-second, you know, so moment of silence. That, that being said, we're going to move on to the next the, match. Uh, the WWE Fresh Start. <laughs> we're going to move on to the next match. to, I want to say, February 2018? <laughs> So Daniel Bryan and Rowan face off against Heavy Machinery. <laughs> and I mean, okay, I- I'll be honest. Uh, I missed this match. Uh, I end up having to go eat myself, and I missed this entire match. But from what I was hearing, like I watched, I saw the start of the match, and from what I was hearing, it sounded like it was going pretty good. Did uh, you Donald... just jump on Donald for not being ready with the food, and then you said, <laughs> yeah, you know, "Oh, I had to go." I was company. attacking me. No, 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 Javi. You were the one attacking him. You said order Chinese. Oh, that was damn good advice. Man. <laughs> talking about attacking. Well, when the Chinese shows up in the middle of a match, I mean. <laughs> See? Pause. So, I'm going to let you talk about this match, Donald, because unfortunately I missed this one. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it. I'm not going to lie. This was like uh, the sleeper match on my list, but I did enjoy watching it. Um, they both, both sides got their they're in so their moves in and everything and uh it kept me invested man uh, the crowd was into it it was it was a real interesting match real entertaining uh yeah. Javi, i don't know what else you saw in it but uh well, i want to talk about that promo that uh daniel bryan gave before oh man so that promo had so much emotion in it like it like it, okay weeks ago we were saying, well, you know, everyone's wondering, well, how's WWE going to respond to AEW and everything like that, right? With some Ooh. of these, pro- <laughs> with some of these promos that that the superstars have been cutting lately, I'm feeling that's how WWE's taking their shots, man. With, with some of these promos, like Daniel Bryan talking about how, you know, he's there to save the tag division and you know make it great again and all that stuff. You know, AEW. We're talking about, oh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna emphasize tag team wrestling and make tag team wrestling a staple and all this stuff. And here comes Daniel Bryan's like, oh, oh, you guys want to talk about making state uh, a tag team tag team wrestling important again? No, no, no. 
I'm going to save it, and I'm going to make it great again. Yeah, that was a little jab. But, but, but you know what, though? Uh, AEW deserves it, though, because it's like you you open your mouth, you say you want to be different, you do the same stuff over and over and over again, and you, and you make unnecessary jabs. It's like you really think you really think you're eventually not gonna wake um, the sleeping bear after you poke it so much, you know. And it's not just WWE. It's not just WWE. It's like I'm sure some of the WWE superstars, even though they might support some of their friends in AEW and what they're doing, they probably don't appreciate what they're saying, you know, because it it affects everybody over there. Exactly. Um. Yeah, overall, I guess that, that that promo that Brian gave, though, I, I think if I, I would love, I would love more more superstars to give promos with that much passion and and like emotion in it, you know, not these like robotic promos. Like get, they they need to start get, letting them give promos like that, you know. Yeah, but it's only a select few that can do that, and Daniel Bryan's one of those. Yeah. Like, I mean that 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 promo spoke to me. Like it, it hit me hard. <laughs> yeah. It got you in the feels, man. It got me right in the feels. <laughs> but, but you know, you know what I liked about it though? It's like he he's the bad guy, right? Yeah. But the way he like everything he said, it made you question. I was like, wow, maybe he's right. Maybe like the love I got for the Usos and the New Day is like like maybe misplaced, you know? Like mm-hmm. or maybe they should be treating um like the tag team titles uh, with more respect or or be acting or, or acting more serious about it you know so it, it, to me it's kind of cool when the bad guy can get you thinking about what you always thought was right or who you thought you want to see and and whatnot yeah no I, I, i'm excited to watch that tag team match because uh <laughs> uh i love heavy machinery man they're they're they're, they're such a yeah, funny good so th- there was one thing that happened after Ricochet won his match and he went to the back. Otis, what, did, he, uh, what, did he go tweet his, his girl, his little girlfriend? <laughs> no, so he walks to the back and all the superstars, like the superstars back there, like congratulating him and stuff. Otis pulls him in and like starts looking at it, like says, come here, Ricky, and like gives him a hug and everything. I'm like, I think Otis is trying to eat this fool's head right now. <laughs> I love you, man. I love you. Like, God, all right. <laughs> like. But it was it was great, and then they came out right after that, and then we had the match. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Rowan won that. They defended their titles, and surprisingly, that match was almost 15 minutes long. Um, that that's a bit surprising there. I'm so su- uh, I didn't think they would have gotten that much time for for a match between the two teams. But once again, that goes back to you know WWE was. It seemed like they found like a nice happy pace to give the, book these matches, and for the. Sh- the fact that they were able to give matches so much time and yet they were still able to finish before 9:30, like that, that's pretty awesome, I think. Um, yes. After after that tag match, we moved on to the SmackDown Women's Championship, which was actually the shortest match of the night. Uh, it's Bailey was Bailey versus Alexa Bliss. Um, we get no respect, man. It was it was another match that once again it wasn't it wasn't great it was just solid to the point they did what they they played up their characters they they had the little angle with Nikki Cross and everything um, the it, it, I'm curious to see where they go with it from here now 
Um, is Alexa going to turn on Nikki going into tomorrow night? Is she still going to try and be her friend, so to say, quote unquote? Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where they go from here with the whole Alexa and Nikki Cross situation now. Yeah, this well, is I... obviously uh, my bad, Javi. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. You go ahead. I've been talking. Uh, so this is uh, this is obviously a match that was made to still build on the story um yeah. there's just so many angles they can go with this maybe alexa continue to use nikki to try to get what she want maybe she mm-hmm. gets mad at nikki and be like you cost me my match I'm, i mean we i don't know just wait to see the next few weeks what happened yeah and that's the thing this match like you said it was to build on the story so it did its job it, it continued the story it continued the build um I w- no, I don't think we any of us expected Alexa to win this match. It was more of let's see what's going to happen between her and Nikki Cross. So this was just a match just to at least give Bailey that title defense, so they checked that box off, and build a story between Alexa and Nikki, which they of course did as well. Well, I heard that Alexa revoked uh, Nikki Cross's Starbucks membership card, bro. After after what happened. Oh, that's, like, that's rough. She's like, she's like, no coffee for you. I don't think Nikki Cross really needs coffee though. I don't think she does either. No, no, she's she's definitely she she's definitely been sipping the decaf lately. She's yeah. she's definitely not the same. So by this point, we had now hit eight o'clock. So based on WWE pay per view schedules, that means we had two hours left, but we had only three matches left to go. So that that kind of told me that okay, the night, the last three matches we're gonna get some time. And, of course, the the very next match after the SmackDown Women's Championship was Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre um, in a singles match. And this match ran almost 18 minutes long. Uh, My favorite part was at the beginning when Michael Cole said, The Big Dog. (laughs) That's all the time. This is probably the one match. Well, I take that back. There were two matches I had mixed feelings about. It was this one and one other that's still to come. And the reason I had mixed feelings for this match was it started off kind of slow, and then it picked up. And the parts that were slow, to me, it was I really didn't care for because to me it was like it's another typical Roman match, the same formula, same outcome, same, you know, the same process they go through with it, which I think the fans felt the same way because they started, you know, this – this sucks. They were booing Roman. Um, we heard a couple eight. I think we heard a couple. No, it wasn't this match that we heard the AEW chance, but they were just like, you could tell the fans were uninterested in this, at least the first few minutes of this match. Cause it was, it followed that typical Roman Reigns booking. No, but you know, see that, that bothers me though, because, and, and I know people can say that, Oh, it's a different time, but yeah. it's, it's, it's still sports entertainment. I mean, when Goldberg went out there and demolished people in three minutes, everybody was cheering. When Stone Cold went out there and stomped the mud hole into everybody, everybody cheered. So when Roman, who is the big dog, a four-time, five-time uh, heavyweight champion, Grand Slam champion, Royal Rumble winner, I, main event at four times in a row, I just dominates think just, somebody. I think it's just to the point where the fans just can't – just have a hard time getting behind them. Um, no, I, I think that's I, the problem. like – no, I feel like these guys, these idiots, they 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 wanna they wanna be heard on TV. They wanna text their friends. Oh, did you hear? Did you hear us booing Roman? I think these are just idiots that just wanna be cool and just wanna get a chant going. At and and they, that's so easy 
to get people to boo Roman. Now, I'm not a Roman nut rider, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at what I'm looking at, and I, I don't think he deserves the hate he's getting right now, especially since the way he's been booked since he came back. But I yeah. mean, I'm sure you guys have different opinions. So I, I, I just, I just I, don't think it's right. Personally, I feel like Drew McIntyre could have possibly used the win a little bit more than Roman. Um, McIntyre, in my books now, has become technically just muscle for Shane McMahon, and uh, I mean, he's essentially every every time a small smaller guy needs a bodyguard, uh, that's pretty much Drew McIntyre now. Uh, I feel like this match would have been better if it was some kind of special stipulation involved. Um, I don't know what, maybe a last man standing. I, I don't know. False count anywhere, no something. disqualification, something. We've yeah. seen him one-on-one how many times so far this year? I'm thinking three. Well, you're going to see him on a two-on-one handicap tomorrow night now. Well, it's going to be pretty much the same thing like tonight was. Shane McMahon with his dirty tactics on the side. and I don't know. That's probably what what they needed, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, over, I mean, it was still, I think for me, after it got past like the first three, four minute span, it, it started picking up. It got interesting. Um, you know, Shane McMahon, like you said, with his dirty tactics throughout the match. Um, but yeah, Roman was able to pull out the win. Uh, the second complaint I have about this match, the referee and his selective counting. (laughs) 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 Where, it's like what was I think uh you had mentioned it Donald with the New Japan with the New Japan countouts. Oh yeah, they'll fight outside for ten minutes and they're like, oh, it's referee's discretion. Then one guy would get in the ring and the referee start counting the twenty. Like, okay, what happened to the past ten minutes? Just let yeah. them do what they want, weapons and everything. But okay. You, you know, I, I gotta say, uh, of all the and I hate to say it because I, I like the WWE referees. Uh, I, I follow some of them on social media, and I've, I've I've heard podcasts and interviews, and they're really likable people. But God, are they stupid when 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 the cameras are rolling? <laughs> you, guys, you guys remember, like a lot of people had a problem with this match because of the stipulation. I think it was an Extreme Rules pay per view. I think almost two years ago, Dean Ambrose versus The Miz. For some reason, they made it if somebody gets disqualified, the title changes hands and i was like okay that's fine with me i mean that's an oh, yeah it was like, if, D, if dean got disqual- if dean got disqualified the title changes hands right at an extreme rules pay-per-view and i was like yeah. okay I, I i can deal with that as long as i was the only match so i think miz accidentally pushed ambrose into the referee the referee fell down got up was talking crap to dean ambrose he was like i'm, I'm gonna disqualify you i'm disqualifying you right now he, he walked all the way over from like the edge of the ramp to to where the, the the guy that rings the bell, and then the Miz hits Dean Ambrose from behind with the skull crushing finale. The ref runs in the ring, counts one, two, three, and I'm like, that was so. Excuse my French. That was so fucking stupid. Were you gonna disqualify him or not? Because you literally, you literally distracted the champion and caused him to get blindsided and lose the match. Such an idiot. So, yeah, referees are not the smartest in WWE. Yeah. Um, let me move on to the cage match, Kofi Kingston and Dolph Ziggler. Um, eh. For a cage match, it was good. Um, there was some some points that – there was one point where they had like this – towards the end of the match where Ziggler had this long, prolonged, I guess like ankle lock slash knee bar type move locked in on Kofi where – 
Kofi, and this is one of the things that I liked because I've seen it numerous times where in either a steel cage match or no DQ match or something like that, a superstar crawls to the ropes, grabs the ropes, and the ref's like, break the hole, break the hole, you know? I'm like, mm-hmm. but there's no DQ, there's no rope breaks. Why, why are you telling them to break the hole? But Kofi grabs the rope, and the ref's like, dude, there's there's no rope breaks. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's up with all the steel cage matches that we're having lately? We're, we have one coming up on NXT on Wednesday. We have this one tonight. We have the one with Miz and, and Shane. I, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe we'll get into that some more with uh with our weekly show next week and talk about some of that stuff. Um, well, I have a suggestion. I, I think I I don't get excited anymore when I hear that a cage match is happening, and I'll tell you why. Um, I honestly feel that there should be uh okay. So you know how when you're playing a, a WWE 2K and then you can set up the match, the time limit, the rules whatever i think it should kind of be like that with cage matches like are we gonna allow people to escape the cage no it has to end by pinfall or submission or um so like for example let's say it's a smaller guy and a bigger guy like like somebody's being punished and they put in a steel cage match Mm -hmm. i would say you could make it to where the little guy could try to escape the ring because then that would make for a good visual the big guy is like tormenting the little guy beating the crap out of him. The little guy just wants to get out of there. To me, it doesn't make much sense for a legit wrestler, you know, mm-hmm. a top guy, to try to escape the cage against another top guy because wouldn't you wouldn't you want to make a statement and prove that you're the better man and, and beat the other guy in the ring? Yeah, I don't know. Like, like I've just never been a big fan of, like, top guys escaping the cage. I, I, get, I get where you're coming from with that. I mean – well, okay, what about the circumstance with um like JBL versus who was it uh, was it Big Show? That that would have been. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What was the question? We're like, okay, you have a you have the heel guy as a champion, and you know he's just trying to get out of the cage because you know he knows that he probably can't beat the bigger guy, the other guy. You know, what of a situation like that? Um, I, I don't think it should be said. Oh, that you know that those options are available for steel cages. Mm -hmm. I I just think that they should announce the steel cage and, and either say, and JBL, you have to win by pinfall or submission. You are not allowed to escape the cage. And then like, I feel like that would get a huge pop from the crowd. Like, yes, yes. Big show's going to be JBL. There's no way he's going to win something like that. You know? And then have, of course, have a couple of situations where he walks over the cage door and is like, open it up. And they're like, no, we can't. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I, I could get behind that. Although, um, although I am a big fan of when somebody's trying to escape the cage and then somebody slams the door oh on somebody's yeah. head. Now, so speaking of, there, there was one time I thought that the New Day was going to come out to help Kofi, and that's when Ziggler was crawling towards the cage door towards the end. I'm like, oh, man, Ziggler's actually going to win this. I'm like, no, New Day's going to come out, and they're just going to slam the door in his face, and that's how it's going to end. You know, Kofi's going to get out that way. But then... Kofi decides to dive through the ropes. <laughs> yeah, it was a rough dive too. I'll say it was a rough dive, but I don't think I've seen anyone escape the cage like that. No, nobody's ever done that. <laughs> you know, leave it to Kofi to come up with new ways to uh, to escape the cage. Wait, how did he escape the cage again? So the the cage door is open. Ziggler's crawl. Ziggler's crawling like ha- the front half of Ziggler's body is already out, like hanging over the side of the ring. 
Kofi then proceeds to run and dive through the middle rope, landing outside the cage. <laughs> did somebody catch him? Did he, did he no, just fall outside? No, the ground outside? caught him. The, <laughs> yeah, the ground caught him, man. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. That's amazing. Because that reminds me of um, of like when Velveteen Dream beat Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle was schooling him, the, the not the entire match, but most of the match. But in the end, it doesn't matter. Velveteen somehow got him. He got him in a roll-up. Yeah. I feel like you don't have to dominate your opponent. You don't have to you know, be the better man throughout the entire match. You just have to get that one, two, three. Or in this case, escape the cage. Yeah, and I liked how they put it. It was, uh, you know, the champion sacrificing his body to win. Of course, sacrificing was he's willing to dive and take a hard bump. To, to make sure he kept the title, which which he did. And that was actually the longest match of the night, coming in at just at 20 minutes. So, I mean, it was a good match. It was solid. They told a nice story, especially when Ziggler started working on the knee. So they were like, well, how's Kofi going to escape the cage if his knee's kind of, like, hurting him? It's going to be harder for him to climb out and everything, climb. you know? Yeah. So it was a nice little back and forth, nice story. Both guys got their hits in. It was a good match. It was another solid match for what it was. And then the match that everyone was trying to figure out for the longest who the special guest referee was. And then when we saw Paul Heyman walking out of Baron Corbin's locker room, I think majority of people were thinking it was going to be Lesnar. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. No, I agree. It made no sense because you're like, wait, so let me get this right. You're going to have the guy that has the money in the bank be the special guest referee. So that way you could beat the guy that's the current champ but then he can cash in and be. But then that that, that reminds me of a couple of years ago when uh, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman joined joined the Authority, and I'm like, wait a minute, Brock is the champion, Seth has the uh, Money in the Bank briefcase. Like that's <laughs> like 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 th- that's like throwing a a birthday party and invited the inviting the dude that was hooking up with your girlfriend behind your back. Yeah, man, come on. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't, I don't but, get that. But then Corbin introduces the, I guess, in my opinion, it was a pretty smart um, pick for the special referee, uh, and Lacey Evans, because, Gee. you know, Rollins kept saying, you know, it doesn't matter who it is, you know, he's ready for them and all that stuff. By picking Lacey Evans, I was like, well, Rollins, you gonna you gonna use a chair to beat up Lacey Evans? He ain't hitting no lady. Not <laughs> happening. That was smart. Yeah, it was smart. And it's bad when Lacey Evans, who's supposed to be a heel ref in favor of Baron Corbin, was doing a better job as with the countouts than the original WWE refs. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> like but overall, I mean you know, Rollins got his hits in. Uh, Corbin dominated most of the match, of course, early on. Um, and then something I think everyone was expecting to happen at some point during the match was Becky Lynch coming down to the ring and attacking Lacey Evans, kind of even the odds, so to say. Yeah, but my question is, is why didn't it happen as soon as Lacey was like, like Lacey has been out there for like two minutes. If I was Becky, that's when I would have went out. I'm like, well, this is this but is. But then Seth would have got DQ'd. No, well, I mean, like, just have her go out there and, you know, like, sit ringside or, you know, even if she was just standing on the stage or something. Maybe she was, maybe she was, like, getting checked out by the medical staff or something like that. Maybe something happened, you know. There's plenty of stuff that could have been going on in that, like, 16 minutes before she came out. Yeah, I guess. 
I'm just saying, like, there's a lot that could have happened. But I agree with you where, you know, why didn't she come out right off the very bat the moment Lacey came out, you know? Or wouldn't it have been funny if she attacked Lacey as Lacey's trying to walk out to the ring? That would have been hilarious. Like, she comes out and she's standing at the top of the ring. She pulls the, the tissue out. You know, she wipes her face. She wipes her underarms. And then, boom, still still chair shot to the back. <laughs> That would have been something else. But in the end, Rollins gets the victory with, I guess, some help from from Becky. And then I think what made it even better was the ref that countered the one, two, three was the same ref that Corbin said, you know, screwed him out of the title at, at uh, the Super Showdown. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah. I like that, man. That, I know we're going to hear about that on Raw. I'm That's pretty sure know. we're going to hear about it on Raw. Um, but yeah, overall, guys, I mean, I think this show was – Compared to some of their past shows, this was a pretty solid top-to-bottom show. Uh, there, It wasn't perfect, but I don't think any pay-per-view really is ever going to be perfect. Um, overall, it was a solid show. But 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 what is perfect, though? Because like I, I feel like no pay-per-view will ever be perfect. Because yeah. I feel like for pay-per-view to be perfect, every match on the card has to have a great story that everybody's invested in and, like the story hits the conclusion, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I don't think that's ever going to happen. No, oh yeah. No, no, it's, it's not. That's why I say this was a solid pay-per-view in the sense that, that it didn't feel like you were wasting any time. It didn't feel like it was being dragged on too long. It didn't feel like it was too short or anything. It was rushed. Like it just felt from start to finish. It was just, okay. It's like the flow of everything went great, you know? Yeah, yeah, like I said, I didn't watch it. I heard it, and I was entertained the whole time listening to it. Yeah. But, well, any last words, guys, before we close it out? Yeah, Adam Cole is the strongest man in the world. <laughs> you know what? We'll touch base on that in our, in our don't, weekly Don't rundown. spoil it. Don't spoil it for the people. Yeah, but we'll touch base on that uh, probably next Thursday on our next episode. Um, I'm sure Javi's going to be getting to work, hopefully, on that top five performers of the week and our match of the week candidate. Is that right, Javi on Facebook? Are you tomorrow for last week or this week? Well, it's going to be for this week. From, so we'll do Monday through Sundays a week. So, oh, okay. so, so for last week, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it always runs um, like Mondays. Gotcha. So, and, and that's only because, because I've waited this long. So, <laughs> so be up on Monday. Uh, make sure and check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash smartermarkswrestling. Check out our podcast, which actually we got eight listens to so far, guys, with eight, eight unique listeners, which is pretty cool. Thank you for, to you eight that listen. More episodes to come. Our review will be up next week for our weekly rundown for Raw SmackDown. Javi will go into detail as to why Adam Cole is the strongest man he knows right now. <laughs> the world. But yeah, tune in next time, guys. See ya.